Good afternoon, everybody. This is Joseph P. Farrell with news and views from the Nefarium. Wow, the sun is really bright. From the Nefarium on Thursday, October 21st, 2021. I have a really odd one too for you today. Let me see if I can mitigate this sunlight shining on my face. That's a little better. All right. Um, but first of all, the housekeeping. I have uh, VidChat is scheduled tomorrow. That will be at 2 p.m. U.S. Central Time. As always, I'll be in there early, uh, probably a couple of hours to an hour and a half early. Uh, so get your comments and questions emailed to me by no later than 10 o'clock tonight, please, so that I can get them uh, sorted, organized, and, and printed out. Uh, but that'll be at 2 p.m. tomorrow, uh, U.S. Central Time. I've already had some questions, some kind of interesting ones already submitted. So please don't forget that's uh, 10 o'clock deadline tonight. Now, the other thing I need to mention is they're predicting storms tonight, tomorrow, and on into Saturday. And rather than cancel, I'm just going to give you guys an alert that if for whatever reason I don't show up, tomorrow for the vid chat. I will archive your questions and do a makeup recording. But if I don't show up, most likely it's because there's been a power outage or uh, tornado warnings or what have you. So please be aware of that. But I am intending to show up tomorrow. Anyway, I want to talk about Havana syndrome because uh, an individual that's a regular reader of the website, we'll just call it uh, BW, sent me this article from the Jerusalem Post. And the article is by a Seth Franzman. Uh, it was submitted and bylined October 17th, so not too long ago. And this is a story that interests me, and the story is getting deeper. And I want to read some, uh, some of this article, in fact, a great deal of it, toward the very end, because this is the only article I've seen uh, about this whole story that really tries to nail down a pattern and to do some analysis. And the analysis that Mr. Fransman gives here is rather disturbing. I tend to agree with most of it. Where I depart is the whodunit, okay? And we'll get back to that because the whodunit part includes a little-known thing that I've written that most people don't know about. So this, this news and views is a little bit of a commercial. All right? So anyway, let's begin with the article. The article's titled, Havana Syndrome Attacks Reveal U.S. Adversaries May Have Dangerous Intelligence. Okay? And I'm going to read just a couple of paragraphs from the very beginning of this thing. And then a lot of paragraphs toward the very end of the article. In fact, I'm going to be reading you about half the article before I uh, show you this uh, bit of writing that most people have overlooked and point out uh, some things about it and some things that I think you should bear in mind reading Mr. Fransman's article. Anyway, he starts out, quote, a suspected case of Havana syndrome was detected in Colombia last week, the most recent in a series of suspicious attacks that appeared to target U.S. diplomatic and intelligence personnel. 
This latest incident appeared to happen just days before the visit of the U.S. Secretary of State. What this means is that these attacks may be targeted and timed, that they are not random, and that a powerful adversary of the U.S. is using them systematically. The U.S. Embassy staff in Bogota may have been injured by the mysterious illness which causes a painful sound in the ear, fatigue, and dizziness, the BBC reports. First reported in Cuba in 2016, U.S. diplomats around the world have since reported cases of the syndrome. Its origins are unknown. No, they're not. <laughs> but we'll get back to that. With some speculating it is a type of weapon. Gee, you think? <laughs> anyway, in August, U.S. officials said the Vietnam leg of U.S. Vice President Ayatollah Kamala Harris' South Asia trip had to be delayed by a few hours due to reports of two U.S. diplomatic personnel coming down with a mysterious combination of ailments that have come to be known as Havana Syndrome. Skipping one little bit here, experts believe, and folks, I said this when the story first appeared, I said this was what was going on. Experts believe that microwave energy apparently directed, concentrated, and aimed at the victims could be responsible. The victims themselves described several types of harm. Well, duh. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I think is going on. Um, <laughs> but anyway... So let's get to Mr. Franzman's analysis and why he sets this out. And folks, this is this is probably the longest portion of an article I've ever read before because I think what he does here is very good. I want you to pay attention to it. But he comes to a particular conclusion, which, again, I'm not disagreeing with the conclusion. I'm simply disagreeing with the possibility that the conclusion is so limited, all right? Because Havana Syndrome is not the first time in history we've heard reports like this, believe it or not. And it's not the first time this type of microwave, a presumed microwave weapon has been used. All right, so here we go. He says, so what do we know? Intelligence officials say they have not gathered enough information to say with any confidence what is causing the injuries or who is to blame. But they say Russia remains a leading suspect. Of course, if there's something bad going on in the world, it's Russia. And multiple sources familiar with the matter said that intelligence agencies are increasingly focusing on a theory that the injuries have been caused by some sort of directed energy based on their own analysis of the evidence. The larger context, however, is that this has happened as the U.S. has begun to confront what it calls near-peer adversaries as part of a new national defense strategy. This means the U.S. is shifting its focus from counterterrorism in the Middle East to confronting Russia and China. To a lesser extent, it has also been seeking to confront Iran. The question about the Havana syndrome is interesting because it raises questions about how U.S. adversaries seem to have caught Americans in the back foot in various countries. The fact that the alleged weapon and attacks appear to target not just random U.S. diplomatic personnel, but rather key facilities just prior to key visits by officials and also appear to target the CIA 
means the adversaries seem to have knowledge of the layout of the U.S. diplomatic posts and also about who is based at them and when. Now, let me stop there. This is something I said way back when I first blogged about the, um, about the Havana attacks in Havana, Cuba, that if you're, if you're relying on a microwave weapon, number one, and in my opinion, probably a microwave interferometry weapon, in other words, you've got two uh, sources beaming microwave energy, and it's the interferometry pattern that you're really aiming to create. And to do that, you're creating it in a certain region. So in other words, what I'm saying is in that kind of uh, putative energy weapon, you have to know where a person is likely to be at a particular time in order to create that pattern in that, in that area. Because you recall many people in the Havana syndrome reported that they heard this while they were laying in bed, they get up and they leave the region of the bed and the signal or whatever it is that they're hearing disappears completely. So that's one of the things I said early out of the box. They had to have knowledge, in other words, of the internal layout of the embassy itself and who was going to be where at particular times. So that's a key point here. This is something that Mr. Fransman is stressing, and I think absolutely he's correct, because what he's pointing out here, to have that kind of intelligence, you have to have people on the inside, and your intelligence has to be very, very good. To continue, the attacks appeared to begin in Havana, where the Obama administration was seeking to renew ties. Why would a U.S. enemy seek to target Americans there? Was it because this was a friendly country of the adversary state and that the enemy's intelligence assets who were moving around in an experimental, moving around an experimental or new microwave weapon could operate freely and experiment to see what it did? Is it because the U.S. had reopened an embassy in Cuba in 2015 and the locals or the powerful adversary might have advanced knowledge of the building? What happened in Havana may provide some insight. In 2015, the newly reopened U.S. embassy situated on Havana's seaside Malasson Boulevard was a sought-after posting with diplomats jockeying to serve in a country where American foreign intelligence officers were making history as the U.S. and Cuba repaired long-frayed diplomatic ties. But U.S. diplomats in their homes and hotel rooms in Havana began experiencing unexplained symptoms such as dizziness and pounding headaches. These sometimes were accompanied by an unidentified piercing directional noise that sounded as if metal was being scraped across a floor. 24 diplomats were affected. CNN noted that according to a timeline in the State Department report, the CIA informed the State Department in September of 2017 of its decision to withdraw its personnel from Havana for the foreseeable future. This means it is possible that the adversary operating the weapon was targeting the CIA in Havana. U.S. diplomats and their intelligence counterparts left the country in 2017. Now, Berlin police are also probing yet another claim of Havana syndrome after several people at the U.S. Embassy reported the trauma. This adds Germany to the list of countries where the incidents happened besides Cuba, Colombia, Vietnam, India, Austria, Taiwan, 
Kyrgyzstan, Uzbekistan, the United Kingdom, Georgia, Poland, China, and Russia. Remember, we've had uh, Havana Syndrome reports in China, and in fact, it was the Chinese reporting that some of their people inside of uh, some facility in China reported this. So continuing, if we look at those countries, what connects them? And this is where the argument starts to go a little weak. Russia and China are U.S. adversaries and want the U.S. to leave those Central Asian states which were once linked to the Soviet Union. Vietnam has links to Russia and China. Georgia and Poland are neighbors of Russian allies. And Taiwan is next to China. But what about Austria, Germany, Colombia, and the United Kingdom? Colombia is close to Venezuela, which is a U.S. adversary. Foreign intelligence services have targeted dissidents in the United Kingdom in the past. Vienna was often known during the Cold War as a place where intelligence services operated against one another. Overall, however, the list shows that whoever is doing this can seemingly operate with impunity in both advanced powerful Western states as well as and in poorer states across the world. These American enemies seem to have advanced knowledge of U.S. official trips and where U.S. diplomats and intelligence agents are located. Embassy buildings may be large, and it would be easy to target several rooms with microwave weapons or other complex technological means, knowing which rooms one wants to target. It also means that the device that is doing this likely has a decent range and is lightweight and can be moved easily. Now, that one I agree with him. That is because it is not reasonable to conclude that in all these cases, the adversary secured a building near the local U.S. embassy or near other U.S. posts. A weapon like this could be mobile, secured in some kind of truck or van, but that it would also raise suspicions if parked near an embassy. It's not clear why the local countries hosting the U.S. personnel have not detected suspicious activity. It is also not clear why the U.S. hasn't built a capability to detect and counter such a threat. Okay? Now, it's that last part that indicates we're not dealing with just your ordinary, if it is a microwave broadcast uh technology of some sort that we're, that we're not dealing with just your typical run-of-the-mill. Now, why is all this interesting to me? Because you'll notice one of the threads that's running throughout that Jerusalem Post article is that someone is targeting the United States, and he's kind of very gingerly hinting that it's an adversary of the U.S., and namely, in this context, I think he's hinting at were suggesting Russia or China. Now, Russia, if you've investigated this type of uh, microwave interferometry, mind manipulation technology, Russia has certainly been experimenting with this stuff ever since Soviet days, and according to all reports, was rather successful with it. So you can't rule out Russia. You cannot rule out China, all right? And by the same token, I this technology really isn't all that difficult. So you can't rule out basically any technologically sophisticated power here. But I'm going to suggest something that, again, is going to seem off the wall because my suggestion is going to come out of any sort of 
context. Most people are familiar with my books, okay? What most people reading my books are not familiar with is that on a couple of occasions, I've written essays for other books that are nothing but collections of essays, all right? And one of those books was this book called Secret and Suppressed, Banned Ideas and Hidden History. And as you can see here, it's edited by the late Jim Keith. And I, I wrote a portion of this book. And the thing that I want to read to you, this was published by Farrell House. And it was published in... Uh, let me see, 1993, okay? Um, or pardon me, no, that that was the first volume. This volume was published somewhat later, I think. Uh, well, yes, it was published in 1993. So this is a very, very early publication, even, in fact, before I started uh, my series of books. So this is long before Havana Syndrome. And I'm citing from my essay here on page uh, 285. And I want you to listen very carefully because the whole article is precisely about this kind of uh, microwave ultrasonic mind manipulation and incidentally uh, technology that can be used for other purposes. And I want to read just a portion of this to give you a suggestive idea. Quote, the ultrasonic equipment, could you explain what this is, a possible description of the equipment and how it is used? I have never seen the equipment, but from the conversations, and I'm quoting a document here, by the way, folks. I have never seen the equipment, but from the conversations that I have developed, the equipment sounds a bit like it's compact, it could be in the seat of a pickup truck or a service truck, which indeed it was in the Chicago example. And the actual evidence that delivered these highly directed waves is through an arrangement where you could direct it, point it, point it like a, they have these guns that you can direct for sound. Now for the Siemens company, their main work is more than just fortunate. A principal facility of Siemens, a facility dealing in ultrasonics, is located very close to, and I'm not going to give that little detail away. You'll have to go read it. The device I mentioned could be on the seat of a car or pickup truck. The power requirements are relatively large for it. The power requirements were drawn from the ground equipment. So in other words, what I'm suggesting to you is this technology, the basic technology that they are describing, in this Jerusalem Post article is a technology that's been around for a while and has been uh, allegedly used and e even used for other purposes. Now, who may be doing it? I am going to suggest to you that, that it's possible that we're looking at nation-state actors or because this technology is so easy to make, you could be looking at a number of non-state actors. Remember what I said in Microcosm and Medium, my book on uh, mind manipulation technology. Remember what I said there. 
this technology has, in my opinion, long ago entered private and corporate hands. So it could be almost anybody with a vested interest in heightening tensions between the United States and its adversaries, and for that matter, even heightening tensions between the United States and its allies. So we could be dealing with anybody here, Russia, China, you know, fascist internationals, Israel itself, who knows? I don't know. But I think the thing is, while we're dealing with Havana syndrome, I think the Jerusalem Post article is correct. We need to look for patterns in it, as the author of the article did. But I think we have to keep an eye open for these patterns may indicate something of the nature of who's behind these attacks inevitably. So anyway, that I wanted to bring to your uh, attention. Um, I'm sorry, folks. I haven't even been paying attention to what's been going on in the chat room. Yeah, Mossad, someone mentioned Mossad. That could very definitely be a, a candidate. I think, uh, I think given the nature of the technology, it would be something they would be interested in and certainly capable of duplicating. Uh, anyway, um, the bird flocks falling dead in the sky. Yes, thank you, Unite Planet. I'm so glad you mentioned that because that's another use of this technology if you've studied it. And I've long been suspicious that we've been watching tests of this technology with the, you know, the dead birds. So thank you for mentioning that. I'm glad you kicked my declining memory. Um, uh, Yakuza, yes, certainly you could do it with Yakuza. But anyway, my point here, folks, is yes, this this is a story that I think is going to get keep growing. It's obviously kept growing since the original Havana attacks. And I just want to bring uh, people a reminder again that I have written about it a long, long time ago uh, in another completely different connection. But once you read the details behind it, I think you'll be... Um, persuaded that that we could be dealing with a technology that has a lot of flexible applications. Anyway, no, the dead birds is not a metaphor. Um, the dead birds, the dead birds thing is a phenomenon and other dead animals that's been going on around the world. Um, Catherine, Catherine was targeted during her litigation and she is convinced that, that, Catherine, you know, it messed up her metabolism. They tried poisoning her, and I think some of that poisoning was probably electromagnetic in nature. Anyway, that's my news and views for the day, folks. If you find anything out there in the news that might indicate a, a data point to be added to this emerging picture, uh, please remember to, to send me an email and bring it to my attention. Anyway, don't forget the vid chats tomorrow at 2 p.m. U.S. Central. Get your questions in, please, by 10 o'clock uh, U.S. Central Time tonight so that I can get them printed out. That's all she wrote, folks. We'll see you on the flip side. Bye-bye, and God bless.